Hey everybody, welcome to Not the Only Kids in the Hall podcast, podcast where we talk about Kids in the Hall episodes, and today's no exception. We are going to be talking about a Kids in the Hall episode, we being me, Nick, and of course we also have a May over there, and then we also have Jared. How are you guys doing? We're doing great, Nick. I'm glad that we're not totally departing from the format and that uh, we're going to do what we've been doing. That's really exciting. Yeah. It would be a little exciting if we were suddenly talking about something else for some reason. Oh, yeah, that would be more exciting. <laughs> like, yeah, I think it's more exciting to do something different. <laughs> we have an exciting episode to talk about. A very strange episode. It was very weird. I'm glad that we have a certified weirdo with us here today, Dan Moore. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hey, Dan. Thanks <laughs> thank, for coming on. Thank you all for having me. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for having me. So, yeah. Let's... From eating shit and loving it on Twitch. That's right. Uh, rebranding too to the trough because we can't print shit sometimes. Um, but oh, initially sorry. eating shit and loving it, and still eating shit and loving it currently. Um, so you know, <laughs> wonderful. And I just pressed record on Zoom, so hopefully we're all recording independently. <laughs> we missed yeah. the opening, if not, but that's fine. And we couldn't redo uh, that. What we just did. <laughs> Because that was <laughs> once Perfect. in a lifetime gold. <laughs> so Dan, you're uh, changing it to what? The trough? The trough. Yeah, like what? Oh, the, like a... what? What the piggies eat out of? Yeah. I understand why you're doing that for censorship reasons, but I do really like the title "Eating Shit and Loving It." I think it's very funny. Thank you. Yeah, "Eating Shit and Loving It" was um, the show originated as um, just a burner YouTube account that I made because. Uh, I like, you know, like we were talking about with TikTok, I like having like an algorithm that's just th- for psycho stuff and then like my <laughs> own that's for normal stuff. Um, and so the Eating Shit and Loving It account was for just like all like Christian vlogger families and like insane gamer guys and everything. And um, yeah, and then like I started showing it to Kelly and Sean and we decided every Thursday night we're going to watch stuff together for three hours at eight o'clock. Um, yeah. so yeah, hours. yeah, we do a kind of AM, it's kind of AM radio style that way. Well, speaking of craziness, uh, you, have you ever watched kids in the hall before? It's a pretty <laughs> you know, crazy show. That's a crazy it thing is. to do. It is a crazy, crazy, it's a crazy thing to sit down and do. I have seen only a few of the first season episodes, which I feel like might not be indicative really of like how it goes. I don't really know. How did you stumble? how did you stumble upon the first season only? Were you just watching it on DVD or something? Um, yeah, I, I would take the DVDs out of the library, basically. And that was, like, during the time when I was like, well, I have to know all comedy stuff because I have to, it's important <laughs> to know. And then I you realize it's not. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so, um, I, you know, I kind of was just, like, trying to educate myself at that time. This was like when you were taking classes at UCB, probably? Uh, this was before that. The UCB was a, a, a glimmer in my mind's eye at that point. And I, I was just like a kid in the suburbs who was trying to learn about, you know, this and SCTV and blah, blah, blah. That's so funny. You're like, I'm going to be a comedian. I got to go to the library and research. <laughs> got to do my homework. I was a big homework doer. Yeah. Got to do your homework on everything. Everything is homework. Everything's school. 
right. Do you feel no, like you've been released from that since then? Like, well, are, you more rela- are you more relaxed now, or is that still how you approach it? Yeah, I think so. I, tr- I, I try to check myself with my homework, my homework doer sort of, uh, you know, uh, tendencies. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I definitely try to try to relax more and be like, you don't have to know all of it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, there's only so much space in your brain. Probably not true, but that's how I choose to think of it now. UCB definitely like gave me that school homework structure. Oh that, yeah, like, uh, like trying to get validation and prove myself kind of thing. That now that I don't have that kind of thing around me anymore, I'm just well, I'm doing podcasts about kids in the hall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know. I'm doing a three-hour cyberbullying jamboree every Thursday night. It's perfect. Uh, yeah. I oh mean, my God! Does UCB something we actually needed? The degradations <laughs> we've all <laughs> the saddest realization of all time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, t- I totally. It was just like the thing of like you know the fake reward of like, well, I got an A. What do you mean? Like, right. you know, it's just like, well, no yeah. one cares. No, about it's that. it's very much <clears> set up that system, at least for me, of like tricking you into thinking like well if i pass all four levels like i'll be a professional right. comedian yeah yeah <laughs> if i graduate it, then i'll be a celebrity it's like it, it's it has so kind of dumb how it tricks school, you into that it's almost a trade school style thing of like um yeah just being like well i you know i did i did the improv guild so now i'm you know <laughs> i'm perfect i'm i'm made i'm in advanced study well, hey, so you should probably yeah. want to hire me for a real job <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Speaking of school, let's take it back to a time when some of us were in school. Some of us probably weren't born yet. Some of us. I love the segue. <laughs> Keep going. Yes, brilliant, Nick. <laughs> some of us might have been born, but too, still too young to be in school. Uh, <laughs> Schools existed in this time. Yeah. Of course, I'm talking about October 9th, 1990, when season th- two, episode three of Kids in the Hall first aired. Uh, and of course, number one in the charts uh, in the U.S., we had. Maxi Priest with Close to You. Wow. Do you guys know this song? No. I've never, it sounds like a DVD menu song. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound like that. No, I've never heard of this. It's a band, I guess. Number Max- charts in the US. Maxi Priest, you said? Maxi Priest. And of course, number one on the charts in Canada Blaze of Glory by Bon Jovi. <laughs> heard it last week. See, now they we're always they know they're ahead of us, they know what they're talking about. New Jersey and Canada always ahead of the rest of the world. That's right, with, baby. Uh, in terms of Bon Jovi, at least. That's right, baby. Jersey's uh, strong. Yeah. New Jersey leads the world in, I think, Bon Jovi achievements. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, now that we are settled in in October 9th, 1990, let's watch a little bit of this first sketch, uh, which, uh, well, let's watch in a little bit of it. <laughs> journalism there is no more serious allegation that a journalist has been tampering with the veracity of facts in an on <laughs> so yeah this is a newscaster that pops up throughout the episode mark mckinney playing a newscaster i i thought like the setup of people accused us of making up facts and now we're throwing around paper airplanes 
those two don't really match up to me. <laughs> just didn't make a ton of sense, and it was like the 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 newscaster playing around. Okay, but why why set it up with with that with that uh, with that I premise? What I did almost you guys feel say? like we missed a reference or like something in the news was happening at the time because I yeah. agree with you. It's like what it was almost like the joke is like or the game is news station horseplay or silly news you know news reports on serious story but it like it wasn't even it didn't even feel like there was a joke but i don't know did you guys sense something that i didn't maybe this whole episode was very <laughs> i don't want to be a debbie downer this episode but that i watched a lot of these sketches and thought like wait what like that's it like what what happened did i miss something so i need help this episode yeah, I May? thought um, I thought they were kind of maybe poking fun and breaking in the cold open. <laughs> I don't know. But I don't know if that was like oh. really a thing that was well established. Because I think the first time he laughs, the audience almost responds the way they do when somebody breaks. You know? Like well, they like he, it more he, than think, the sketch. I think it was just well acted. I'm, I, I agree I with you. It, it, I agree it, that it, it was well acted, but I think the audience reacted as though it wasn't pretend. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Yeah, because it looks I, I, I would like the way it, he laughed. You think the audience I like it a thought lot he more, huh. I like him? it a lot more if that is the take, actually. I, I hadn't thought of that. But, like, if, if they are making fun of breaking during, like, a sketch or whatever, that's actually, I, I think, better than my read of it, which is, like, yeah, I, I, I actually thought that it was weird, too, how fake the laughter felt to me. Like, it felt, like, I know it's a sketch, but it's, like, the laughter felt very kind of surreally fake and um yeah it's weird i don't know um yeah it, it, it is like waiting big... to jump in talk about yeah. the laughter <laughs> no I, you're talking about oh. you're talking about mark mckinney's act the, the actor's laughter I, yeah, yeah I, I didn't notice that but i but i could see that I, I i almost feel like we're even spending too much time on this this is <laughs> such a throwaway sketch i think maybe i think also maybe it's something that they just shot just because they had this newscaster set and they needed mm-hmm. it for the for something later because it it, the, it does segue into the next sketch so we'll go ahead and talk about this next excellent sketch, suit is... by the way got got to give him credit for that excellent weird 90s suit yeah he looks good kids, yeah. in, the, kid, kids in the hall is very vibes driven i feel like like the um yes that's true the, the intro is not funny really at all but just very of its time like there's a lot of stuff like that in there that I liked the intro. You mean, but do you mean the, uh, the, the theme uh, song, the opening? Yeah. Well, I love the themes. I, I, I bring it up all the time, but I think the theme this song is the one is time so you did cool. it. And Dan did it. Oh, yeah. Here we go. I just set, <laughs> set out the, uh, runway for this. I mean, yeah, we got to hear a little bit of, uh, having an average weekend by the shadowy men on a shadowy. Planet. This, this season two intro is much better. I think. It is, and it is like, yeah, you get a sense of who they are from this, and a sense of their of their vibe, as you say. Yeah, it is. Uh, tr- it is the most early '90s you could get, I think. Kind of like grunge slacker kind of a vibe, but also nerdy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think they're cool. I think it's the coolest thing ever, of course, but not everyone has to agree with that. <laughs> uh, so let's watch a little bit of this uh, Sizzler and Sizzler sketch. So you're the two lounge singers. Yes, we are, prick. 
those wouldn't happen to be your donkeys outside, would they? Why, no. I mean, we might have stolen them, but that doesn't make them our donkeys, does it? <laughs> so would it surprise you guys to learn that these are recurring characters? Oh. Yes. <laughs> oh, Derek just made the most He's suffering, man. Don't tell me that, man. <laughs> Fucking, like when they have a good when week. They, when Go they ahead, call man. you a prick, you don't like it? Well, I mean, I, I don't, but I, I just don't like anything that comes out of their mouth. I feel like it's... I, I, <laughs> I gotta say, the sketch this was thing. like so... It was like a bizarro world version of a kind of sketch I liked. Like, it was so close to being something I would enjoy because Kevin McDonald playing some weird, high-strung, non-sequitur character makes me laugh often. But there's just something about the timing of everything they said and did that just, like, sucked the funny out of it. And I think one of the main issues is that the word prick isn't that funny, and they just kept using it over and over again. It's like not well, that I, funny a word. I'm I'm on board with you, May, as you know, in terms of like and you know weirdo shit that just seems completely <laughs> out of nowhere. But but like you have to have some internal logic, right? And like I feel like it's such a UCB one on one thing to be like your character's thing can't just be he's crazy. <laughs> <That's> just, <laughs> I mean, that, like, there has to be some framing or context or something that you're fitting it into. And to just have them straight up, you felt like they could do and say literally anything at any point. Also, everyone's stretch. reacting to them in a different way. Like, there's no consistency yeah. in how people are responding to this. Yeah, well, it, my exists, thought... no, I, go ahead. It, it exists in a world with, like, Number one, where like a lounge singing bar is just a normal, like that's just like normal, like <laughs> which like I, I know that at some point that was the case, but it feels like it's always so weird to me when um like so much is given to over to the reality of lounge singing. Um, like This Is Us has an entire season's worth of like lounge singing that I find very odd and like uh you know just as a base reality. But also, I mean, just like, yeah, the, the way that, like, he keeps telling the audience to leave. The audience doesn't like the performance, but then they don't leave. They just stay the entire time. It's just really and think, strange. And they think uh, Scott Thompson actually is Roy Orbison. Like, the audience yes, seems to they, think that yeah. Scott who had right, famously died by this <clears throat> point. They even introduced him as the late Roy Orbison. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Scott Thompson is clearly not Roy Orbison. I did like Scott Thompson's line where he goes, uh, I'm not Roy Orbison. I work in colorization, but I don't agree with it. Which, uh, another very timely reference to colorization. <laughs> Introducing someone as the late anymore. Roy Orbison is funny to me, too. Like, I, I th- that, that's, that's a funny joke. I definitely laugh, laughed I a little too. bit during the sketch. <laughs> and I'm hoping, I, I am hoping maybe these two characters will get more fun as we see them more. I, I do think... Uh, it is cl- like when I was watching, I was thinking, oh, this is clearly just something that they were amusing themselves with and mm-hmm. then uh, yeah, wrote a really thin sketch around. And then I, f- I looked it up in the biography and that is kind of what happened. So they were working on the next one of the next scenes, actually, the the uh, the Kathy scene with the pat the beauty pageant. Mm-hmm. And so Kevin McDonald says, Dave and I were both playing women in it. So we were in the makeup chairs in our bathrobes and wigs. When we just started improvising these bad Ronald Coleman voices saying, we're clearly not two insane people. We're two Sizzler sisters, right, Jerry? That's right, Jerry. We're the Sizzler sisters. And there's no way we've escaped from a lunatic asylum. Uh, and then by the time we got called to set, we'd written up the scene. So they were yeah, like they, 10 really minutes later. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that all sounds right. Not a lot of prep time. 
It have sounds exactly you... like the thing that's like funny if you're like at a sleepover and you haven't gone to yeah. bed and it's four a.m. and it's yes. like this is the funniest <laughs> shit ever. <laughs> yeah, sleep sleepy haha sketch. Yeah. Um, has has anyone ever seen the movie with Nail and I? Yeah, yeah. Um, this this reminds me so much of that movie, like sort of the weird oh, energy, really? also like the look of it too. And I wonder maybe if that had something to do with this. It's a cool movie, um, but. Yeah, they're just, especially, I think Ian McDonald looks kind of like one of the characters, I think. Kevin I McDonald. Kevin McDonald, uh, sorry. I, I almost yeah, get I a kind of that. Greg Gardens y vibe. Yeah. Is that too much of a stretch? I don't know. Like, too. I don't know if they're older, but <laughs> sort of lonely women kind of just losing their minds, I guess. I, mm-hmm. I Yeah. It's just a very weird Yeah, thing. I, I definitely, I didn't think about that, but that definitely makes a lot of sense. Mm, yeah, uh, looking at Kevin there on the right in that red wig, I'm like, that's just me in like 15 years. <laughs> um, I, I, I did laugh at the counting. That kind of made me laugh. Like where they just are on stage trying mm. to figure out things to say, or they're singing, I think, and they just yeah. literally start going 31, 32. I mean, 32. I laughed at like specific lines in it. It was very right. funny to me when like um, Bruce McCullough's character is talking about describing the show to the police part of the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny. But it was just like really weird timing. Like there would be a joke and then a long pause and then a different type of joke, and it just like had no internal consistency, as we said. Well, let's move on to... Oh, wait, but before you move on, like, at the very, very end of that sketch, there's, like, a shot of a telephone, and then there's, like, an interstitial, and then it's Kathy, and I'm like, what the fuck is that? (laughs) Did anyone else notice that? Oh, yeah, I mean, you you know... Oh, it's because of the ongoing... Yeah, but it's... Okay, sorry. This is the same phone... This is the same phone we see in the actual phone sketch, because you can see it's next to the fish tank. No, I did not. Uh, so notice. they're like kind okay, of foreshadowing I'm putting things this together. Yes. Foreshadowing by showing the phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Station Eleven of, <laughs> of comedy shows. Anyway, uh, I haven't seen it yet. Please, oh, no spoilers. It. Okay, no but, spoilers. Uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you, you, uh, I do give them some credit for like making an effort to kind of stitch uh, a narrative or a through line through the in the show, like because I, I don't think they wrote these sketches. Or shot these sketches, maybe even thinking about how they were going to put them together, and then you just kind of came up with some kind of an interesting through line for it. I thought, but uh, yeah, let's watch a little bit from this Kathy. It's called "18 Love Kathy's Pig Nose." I think a bikini could be a girl's friend. All you have to do, Kathy, won a beauty contest. Apparently, the judges forgot to notice something, and what they failed to notice were her hips. So, yeah, we have this dream sequence where Kathy dreams that she won a beauty pageant and then it turns into a kind of a Carrie nightmare kind of thing. Uh, some like cool horror, actually some cool horror movie kind of effects. Yeah, directed really camera, well. Camera shots. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And, then, and then we go into the, uh, into the office where she is confronted by her coworkers. What did you guys think of this one? I mean, it was, it was, it's <laughs> almost like not as, like, I feel like, we're so I guess maybe I'm just so used to the to the to a straight ahead sketch comedy that I sometimes forget a sketch comedy doesn't a sketch doesn't have to be perfect three beat thing it can just be a couple of weird loosely related vignettes I don't know how do you guys feel about it another uh, deeply vibes driven moment 
in the episode, I would say. Like, I, I, I think, like, um, I liked that, yeah, like, it, I thought I thought it was going to turn into Carrie. It also has, like, a very David Lynchy, like, Twin yeah. Peaks kind of vibe. Um, it, you know, even the way it's shot with that kind of, like, gauzy look. I know it's a beauty pageant also, but... Um, but overall, <laughs> did not think it was very funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know. I kind of, I, I kind of assumed it was going to be a dream sequence and was relieved when it was because it just seemed so tailored to that. Although they didn't, they, I guess they tried to maybe surprise you. I don't know if the intention was they wanted the audience to read no, I think the dream or not to. as it was happening. You are? Okay. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, I, I also didn't realize it was the recurring character that McCullough plays um, until they got into the office. Um, mm -hmm. Again, not something... <laughs> I, I'm not aware if that's something that they intended or not. Um, but yeah, once they got into the office, I expected some sort of like a blackout sketch, like some sort of like punchline or twist or something that like made sense so they're like reframed the context of the dream but it really just came down to you know you have a pig nose basically and thompson <laughs> yeah. trying to like not say she has a pig nose but saying it basically um have you, have you guys ever just seen kind of petered um, out very weird ending to me uh, are you guys like tim tim and eric people at all I am, yeah. Used to be. I used to be. Yeah. I, I haven't um, watched. Yeah. I've watched Tim and Eric movie. has a sketch, like, and I think it's it's somewhat recurring. That's like fairly similar to this, where, like, Eric plays like sort of a similar character. She's like sort of a like, you know, like a working girl type, uh, you know, caricature of like a lady working in an office or whatever. And she just and Tim Heidecker plays just like the absolute like most piggish like reprehensible boss that she has who always kind of like comes by her desk to sort of like flirt with her but also be like incredibly shitty to her basically and um, it's a similar sort of like structure and everything but it like I think it just works so much better with like the Tim and Eric version of it to me because it's like. That one is all about how monstrous this guy is. It's kind of like a, like, um, I'm blanking on the name, but like the boss from The Simpsons and Smithers, where it's like she just Burns, is so, yeah. Uh, yeah, Mr. Burns and Smithers, where she's just so loyal to yeah, this yeah. person who just treats her so awful. And like, you just want always to her to just be like, you know, um, like, you know, throw him off, kind of. But then every once in a while, like, he has, you know, just like Mr. Burns, like, he'll break down and she's there for him in a way that's very, like, almost touching. And, yeah. like, that, it, it's just, like, a similar character, I think, that's dealt with in kind of, I don't know, just a much deeper way than this, where, like, this is more about, like, the pastiche at the beginning. And then now you kind of have this other scene where it's, like, Oh, okay. So she's like, she is ugly, and just no one wants to tell her or something. It's it's just kind of it's like, eh, okay. Thompson does play yeah. his character well, though. Of this like anti best friend sort of like I I I do appreciate his performance of like you know I'm in your corner, pig nose. You know, <laughs> I, I do appreciate. Yeah, Dan, that. We've, seen, yeah. we've seen these characters before in a few different yeah. sketches. Okay. I, I so I, there's like a history there. So sure. I, I, what did you think of me? I like the way that this group of characters is performed i don't know that they often make me laugh but they have these very real moments of like yeah women relating in the office um 
especially when they talk about like the decaf and Kevin McDonald's yes. character is like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for making decaf by accident. Um, I don't know. I mean, I also think like it's kind of like a dated thing where the way that she even talks about her body and her face is like not really how people are as encouraged to talk about themselves now. It was very present in the 90s. It's like hard to judge. I don't know. I don't know really what to make yeah. of it, honestly. Yeah, the, the hips yeah. thing strikes me as such like a, you know, in a time capsule. Like, I know. It's like worry. also like yeah. big thighs are hot now. It's like, <laughs> right. what are we talking about here? And even just Hang referring on, to it as hips, like I just don't hear anyone say like, yeah, all this, my hips are too big. It makes my hips look bad. Like people don't even say that. I no, but if you ask. watch like a, any like sitcom in the 90s, it's all 100%. like... 100%. It's all like, oh, her ass is too big, which is like the hottest thing in the world now. So <laughs> just, it's very, very common. She's Kathy's yeah. kind of a sex symbol, I guess, in a way, if you think about it that yeah, way. Yeah, in a way, Kathy's a sexy, yeah. sexy lady. A, a modern <laughs> sexy lady. Yeah. <laughs> I, w- I was going to bring up, and people, the main feedback we've gotten on this podcast is stop saying that stuff wouldn't work today. But, uh, I, we're getting I like more inf- ca- we're getting more feedback besides those two emails. I'm, I'm just excited that we got feedback at all. You didn't tell. But me I kind of feel like that is. That, but I kind of feel like that is a that is what this podcast should be. <laughs> putting it all in, in modern context. At, but, at least uh, a percentage. But, well, I don't. Right? When yeah. I want to say I don't mind us doing that. Honestly, I mean. I'm sorry, listeners, if you really hate that. I think it's important to talk about yeah. sometimes. I do think it's boring to just be like, "This is." This is yes. offensive now. I think that is a little yeah. boring. But talking about like why and the nuances of why can get more interesting. In this case, I'm not like offended by the stuff she says about herself. It's just like such a dated mentality. It's hard to relate to it as being funny or not funny. It's like I don't know how it would have been received then in the same way. Yeah, I was I was just thinking, and maybe this goes to what you're saying is boring to even consider this, but the the Sizzler sisters key the, like. Would that fly today? Just like making like just insane people. I mean, <laughs> I think you could Absolutely. argue it didn't really fly then. I mean, it's like not funny, but not because it's offensive. It's just like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> whatever. Oh, no, I don't. Yeah, I don't see that as something that's offensive. I just see it as bad, offensive, you know, to my yeah. sense of humor, perhaps. But I, but also, though, like that could be on SNL tomorrow. Or whatever. Tomorrow's not not Saturday, but like that could easily be <laughs> two days yeah, from damn, now. Could be that'd be Friday. That'd be unprecedented. <laughs> but but uh, you know something like that. Like it's just like yeah, it's like that's like a classic. Just sort of like I don't know, maybe this kind of like thing where it's like yeah, they're crazy. Like this, I, this I don't sketch, know. I, this sketch that we're about to talk about, very similar to the insane people in a way. I felt I thought. Oh, really? I thought this was a very real, realistic sketch that was just kind of like... A, <laughs> yeah, this felt like a one-act play. I'm like... Sim- like <laughs> similar to me in just the sense of, like, well, not Wait, wait, wait Jared, Jared, before, Sorry, Jared, before we up. get into it, let's... Yeah. This, is, this is called Tony and Nick, and it's uh, two characters waiting on a subway platform. Scott Thompson and Mark McKinney, and, and Scott Thompson kind of bullies Mark McKinney's character a little bit. So let's listen. Let's watch a little bit here. You know I like to smoke in the subway. <laughs> it's not lit. I'm not smoking. Take it out of your mouth. Tony, I'm not smoking. It's not lit. Take it out of your mouth. I'm not. Forget it. No way. Take it out of your mouth. Tony, no. Forget it. What? You're not going to take it out of your mouth. Tony, look. Look. Mm-hmm. See? No smoke. It's not lit, all right? I'm not smoking. <laughs> so what'd you do that for? You're not allowed to smoke in the subway. Tony, I wasn't, for Christ's sake. Go pick it up. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So, Jer- Jared, I am interested to hear how you connected this to the other well, sketch. Only in the sense that it feels like it's missing a core element of sketch comedy. Like, I feel like <laughs> there's not, in the same way <laughs> the insane people, well, right, exactly. I was like, is this a dramatic scene? But in the same way the insane people <laughs> left me thinking, like, wait, insane how? Like, insane why? Like, literally, they just escape from the asylum and they're bonkers and they could say anything. In this sketch, I'm thinking, what? where is the unusual thing? Like, what's happening? It just felt like this weird, I guess, dramatic scene it felt also like an improv scene that was just like recorded and then repeated. It felt the vibe was very improv to me where he kept asking the same thing, take the cigarette out. He throws the cigarette. He goes to pick up the cigarette. It almost felt like they were like <laughs> desperately searching for something to like suddenly turn into something unexpected or the funny part of the sketch. But I mean, well, I, I, I agree that it, that it, I agree that it kind of came off as like an improvised scene. I, I, I liked it, though. It just it just felt very small and real and 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 funny but you're laughing at this nick really what, what, I, mean, I, I, was, I was chuck, i was chuckling i mean i i don't think every sketch needs to be a big laugh out loud thing, uh reaction i think some you of it threw away be, the oh, cigarette that, that, and that you're laughing <laughs> uh, he stole yeah, the man's cigarette you find that funny and there were there were moments they're waiting were, for a train that I, hasn't come and that's funny to you <laughs> there, there were moments i thought were actually funny like uh when uh mckinney does the exaggerated picking up the uh the cigarette i thought that was like a very real moment something that you would do if you were being bullied and you're like fine i'll pick up the cigarette that kind of thing uh and then the slap fight i thought was funny uh but yeah i agree it's not it's not a, not a traditional sketch but i thought it happened. was pretty good yeah all right what you, you guys um, think? i i thought that um yeah it, it was like it, it felt it's funny it felt to me very traditional like it was just a very like Oh, he's like a 50s greaser, like, badass guy, but he follows the rules. Like, until the end, when they kind of sold that out, because, like, at the end, he he's like, it was all because he wanted the cigarette, basically? Is that, <laughs> is that the deal? I, I don't, no, like, I, I don't it, think he wa- I don't think it's because... I think he was just picking on Mark McKinney's character. I think it was just about this yeah. dynamic between these two guys that clearly he doesn't... He's just, like, being a, an asshole to him. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I, I guess I see this. This is like UCB brain in effect because I'm just like, oh, greaser that fo- that follows the rules. Okay, that's what it is. And then it's like they do something different at the end that I'm just like, what? But <laughs> no, 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 comedy no, must no, follow no, you rules. Can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah, what, you, what about you, May? What did you think? Um, I thought it was really funny when it opened with him like kicking. <laughs> in the air it was very silly that's right yeah there's also a cool character. train transition at the end i feel like they're trying to do something interesting with the transitions <laughs> i like that. everything from the beginning to the very end is you know i mean it was like watching a dramatic scene and i think both of them together are compelling as scene partners actually i like watching them together i think one of my favorite sketches is still the dracula gay pickup one which is also starring mckinney and scott thompson Oh, that's but, right. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right. But I did they not really find. Yeah, they're a good pairing. Um, but yeah, just I wrote down like this is like a play because it is. <laughs> it was just like watching a play. Um, and that's it wasn't not entertaining. I don't know that it was necessarily a sketch, but I think yeah. it's their idea of a sketch, you know, just like kind of like picking this weird human behavior of like bullying somebody and making it into a whole long scene. Yeah. Also, yeah, can I, I can I just say, separate from the comedy here, two drip gods. 
Just oh, yeah. absolute Very drip great gods. Outfits. Both of them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The yeah, costumes on here are often really today. good, I gotta say. We should just like I, start posting good fashion from Gizmo. Honestly, this wow, is that's, a great, that could be a good Twitter account, yeah. yeah. This is a great fashion inspo screenshot, what we have here. I don't know, I know on the podcast people can't see it, but it's the one guy dressed up like basically Steven Van Zandt. Just a full full Steven Van Zandt <laughs> right. here. And then uh, another guy pretty much down to the bandana looked... even the, the head cover yeah, exactly. bandana yeah full-on steven van zandt and then the other guy just a very tasteful denim jacket blue kind of a jay leno Beautiful. look yeah blue on blue yeah denim. yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. all right yeah. Well, let's move on to this next sketch a little something uh let me see queued up well the beginning this is the, the kind of a classic sketch where Bruce McCullough has like a piece of food in his mustache. Uh. But the the opening I thought was the best oh. part of the sketch. With oh, the, uh, the opening was the best part of the episode. I, 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 was just about, I was just about to repeat what you both said. First frame of the sketch <laughs> is the funniest part of the episode, bar none. Mm-hmm. I guess let's watch that part. May as well. Uh, hard hard to appreciate audio wise, but mm-hmm. yeah, still good. Yeah. But we're looking at a at a. A graph, <laughs> some graphing paper with a, with some with three green green squiggly lines. Oh, how does that image not make you just cackle? And the other green lines represent the competitor's product. <laughs> so what we've got here basically is a case. Uh oh, hmm? it's kind of hard to read because all the lines are green. Yeah. What I would have done is use some different colors for the different lines. Uh, then it would have been a lot easier to read. Oh, geez, you're right. God, geez. You know, Don, that's probably why you're in the big comfy chair, huh? <laughs> uh, but then we should watch a little bit of the actual sketch, which is... Well, about... Before we go into the actual sketch, Dick, I just want to say I want to couch my, uh, as often happens on the show, I want to couch one of my compliments with a complaint. I love this joke <laughs> so much, um, but it's almost partially ruined to me by the notion that they felt they needed to call it out and sort of explain it and have McCullough say these are all green and have Thompson say oh yeah you're right and I know that like worked in the context of the sketch or whatever but it just felt like I just wanted that to stand on its own I just wanted that image because I'm laughing right away and then I'm done laughing by the time they're explaining to me oh they're all green and and, does anybody agree with me on that or yeah I I have not thought of that but I agree with that (laughs) I, I don't agree with that. I, I like to see. I think it's also fun to see the reaction to me saying, "Oh, you're right. I should have done that." Like you know, and also Bruce mm-hmm. McCullough. I think Bruce McCullough's reaction is funny too. Just like patiently explaining, like as though he just thought of this idea. Right, like it's coming late to him. You know, that's true. That's I think true. I think the whole thing is funny. But like, yeah, let's watch a little bit from uh, from the meat of the sketch. He's trying to wipe the cucumber off of his mustache. I'd love to watch the show with just like Nick narrating the parts so I don't have to look up. This is a sketch that I remember loving as a kid, like absolutely loving it. And it's a very all that kind of children's like, you know, skewed sketch, I feel. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. It, I feel like I've seen this kind of thing a million times. Maybe they were the first people to ever do it, but I definitely feel like I've seen it a million times. I also personally just have this like really 
visceral, disgusted reaction to little bits of chewed up food on people. So it was just like torture <laughs> watching this. It's so revolting. I'm like, please, <laughs> I can't watch this. And it's so long. <laughs> I just can't do it. Also, just uh, the the way they have, the way Bruce McCullough's hair is styled here is also just kind of really gross. It's like so yeah. greasy. Yeah. And it was like, also a lot like the fly sketch in a way. You remember that one? Where it, there's yes, the fly was. on the guy's face? Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I, I, thought, I, love, I thought the. I love, go ahead, Dan. Oh, I, I just, I, this is a very dumb thing to break in with, but I thought the cucumber was a booger, um, mm. and it changed it my understanding of of things when it was a cucumber. It, it became funnier when it was a cucumber. I was listening to the commentary track of this uh, before this before the episode before we started recording, and yeah, they were they Bruce was kind of complaining about how it the. The piece of food looked nothing like a piece of food. Uh, Another thing in the commentary um, track that I thought was very telling was they were saying how hard it was to film this sketch. And then at one point, Scott Thompson like cried and they were kind of like trying to remember why. And they were like, oh, right, because Bruce McCullough didn't learn his lines and he kept yelling at you for not picking up your cues. Wow. They also they also said that that neither that they don't they feel like they don't have chemistry with each other. Uh, which right, and I, someone I, else should have played Scott's role or something. Kevin. Well, yeah, Kevin and Dave said this feels like a Kevin and Dave sketch. Which I, when I was watching it, I was thinking the same thing. This seems like a very like traditional. Uh, it does sketch two two man sketch. It seems like this is the kind of thing Kevin and Dave would have written. But do they say who the wrote film? it? I don't remember from that. I don't think they did in the commentary track. No, so I, I'm not sure who wrote it. You know, uh, that's funny too because. That, that this is funny to me because it's 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 so extremely inside baseball because like I watched this and I was just like, oh yeah, it's funny, yeah, pretty good, you know, you know, and like to have to to find out later that somebody cried during it, was it worth crying over? Like and they had all this like yeah. angst about like I shouldn't be in this, it should be Dave. Like, it's just so like if okay. you people only knew what it took to make a mediocre sketch <laughs> yeah. well it's funny i mean cash every day they also at one point in this commentary i mean nick listens to the commentary all the time so he has all these tidbits i was kind of blown away with how much info came out in this one two minute track of commentary but at one point they're talking about the house band and how the house band made this huge effort to dress up their set every week or something even though they don't appear on camera they would still like bring out all this stuff to make it look festive depending on season whatever and at one point one of them i think maybe dave foley one of them was like if we worked half as hard as them we would actually have made a good tv show so i'm like this show sucks too (laughs) well yeah i mean i'm sure like everybody's everybody's critical of stuff they did when they were you know 25 years old right like that's true well i don't know i was perfect at 25 (laughs) and i get better every year making no mistakes at all baby and still going strong (laughs) haven't taken an l yet nope (laughs) women posting my wins (laughs) well uh let's uh oh actually i did want to watch a little bit from this commentary track that i thought was kind of funny let me see if i can cue it up really easily uh this is around the corner from the bus depot in toronto okay hold on one second oh wait we got an ad okay leave this all in Okay, wait, I can skip ads in one second. Okay. Oh, yeah, I just wanted to get uh, the way Mark McKinney was describing the sketch because I thought it was kind of funny. 
egg coming out. This is the out. fire one? This is, this, this is, this is yeah. a good gag. This oh, is this a making of something from a nut in a sketch, eh? <laughs> a little tiny thing of the oh, whole sketch. She rides on it, eh? This is a like sketch. A horse, eh? Everybody get on a little horse. You'll be surprised how We're far it you are. <laughs> That's it. wasn't worth. wasn't worth. <laughs> <laughs> we do get to hear Mark McKinney's offensive Italian accent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Italians do be talking like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's still like I feel like there's been debate about that, right? About whether you can make fun of Italian voices these days. Oh, you absolutely. I know can. some people get really mad. I'm yeah. I'm not going to name names, but I know at least one person who like <laughs> made some post about it and how like. That's how my family was mocked. Like when a wow. hundred fucking years ago, uh, my family's don't Italian watch too. My Twitch stream, then. <laughs> Wait, yeah. Amay, are you talking about your friend Waluigi? <laughs> yeah, he's very sensitive. Which, honestly, being from an evil alternate dimension, I feel uh, like he should toughen up. Yeah. You're not like, Wario, are you? Because I, I thought that was take... his only friend. But go ahead. <laughs> They didn't take many people from that dimension at Ellis Island. It was it was very difficult to get in. You're right. You're right. I should be more sensitive. <laughs> yeah. Well, originally his name was actually Waluigi, but they changed the spelling. Mm. It would oh. make it Waluigi. <laughs> it's easier to pronounce. Right. Disgusting. And they made they made him wear the hat just so he could be identified oh. with that with that W. Yeah. It's really it's a sad thing. All right. Well, let's watch. Actually, Waluigi Waluigi wears an upside down L on his hat. Uh, Wario wears an upside down and Thanks, Nick. A W. Thanks for having my back on that one. <laughs> that makes no fucking sense, but okay. <laughs> All right, let's watch a His little bit. His name for, uh... starts with a W, whatever. Anyway. But he's evil Luigi. Yeah, it's yeah he can't. Then he Wario should be called Luigi. Yeah, it's Ooh, I like that. a symbol of distress. It's like the American flag upside down. You know, like, how fucked up is that, right? <laughs> that's very right. fucked up. Right? That's so fucked. <laughs> that is very fucked up. All right, let's let's watch a little bit of this. We finally get the conclusion to this epic phone uh, runner that's been going on. Oh throughout my the god! Episode. Is the shirt is really small, moving an amp. You know, and the thing that bugs me is that these record companies keep pumping. Are you these... going to answer your phone? Uh huh. No, I'm not expecting a phone call. These record companies keep making these. Well, that's sort of the way the phone works. I mean, people don't book a call; they just call and then you answer it. So, would you answer the phone? Why don't you answer the phone? I'm not going to. Now, do you guys remember the days of landlines? Did did you did you sure. sc- did you screen your calls like this? Did you ever let the phone ring? Not if I didn't have a machine. Yeah. I mean, we always had yeah. a, an answering machine. Yeah, mm-hmm. you'd run. To, I'd, I'd run to pick up the phone. But I guess <laughs> I was a kid at the time, so it's like exciting. Yeah, it's funny. These I, ungrateful I, kids in the hall. They don't. They don't care. <laughs> jaded to picking up the phone i read this as like a thing that was a total like a joke like he was making up because his character was so weird that he would screen like that he wasn't expecting a call at two thirty, so he wouldn't pick up the phone but you're saying nick that that's something that you would sort of do in a sense like you wouldn't pick no, up if it well, was well people 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 certain... would screen people would screen their phones if they had a, an answering machine but but uh no i, I think we, they are presenting the way bruce is handling the phone as as unusual, but not so unusual that you would never encounter it. I think I think they're commenting on that that idea of this guy that that won't pick I up see. his phone because he's not expecting a call. Mm-hmm. Because it, right, it, and that, it and it like it, it they and they kind of like I guess as the sketch goes on, it's like he, he that's his excuse sort of, but the actual reason is that he has this like terror, this horrible fear 
of the phone, which like is is what they get into with like the Vietnam veteran guy, or or at least or at least other people are projecting this fear. I think the the yeah, I think the the phone is other people projecting uh, things onto this phone ring because it like they say that this it's the same ring I heard somewhere else. Right, uh, right. But but I think they're kind of getting into Bruce McCullough's head with that. I think Bruce's character just is lazy and doesn't want to answer the phone because he's not expecting a call. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, let's watch a little bit from from that kind of the the first time that kind of projection is brought up here. Answer the phone. Come on, answer the answer phone. The phone. Answer the Guys, phone. all right, it's just a phone call. Wait, what? listen. What? There's something wrong with that ring. Yeah, there's something clinging and desperate about that ring. Like I bet it's probably some shut-in with the phone strapped to his head for an emergency, and for some reason he dialed your number with his toes. <laughs> By the way, classic. Like, look at McKe- uh, Scott Thompson's outfit here. I, know, I was gonna say I keep the harping on the outfits, outfit. but like, <laughs> it, like it's so good. <laughs> and so it's, it's a, like it's a, a yeah. yeah, bright pink shirt with a big yellow smiley face on it, and a and a suede brown leather vest uh, yes. tucked mm. into khakis. The vest isn't tucked in khakis; the shirt is tucked in khakis. <laughs> but yeah, I do wonder if this is like scott thompson putting together an outfit that he thought looked cool or if scott thompson's like putting together an outfit for a character that he thinks is funny looking they what do you guys yeah, all I mean, kind of just dressed definitely... like they would on a on a weekday or something right like they didn't yeah if you, i mean like they're supposed to be kind of like you know i guess hipster-ish guys like they have the iggy pop poster on the wall and stuff but that is also who these guys probably were so like yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm reading Bruce, this is Bruce like, let's be normal, let's be ourselves in this sketch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and they were shorts, too. I thought they were khakis. Yeah. It's, it's cargo oh, yes. bright blue socks on. There's a lot of good detail here. Yeah. So at threads in the hall, or is that what we're doing? Or at I, yeah, that's, what, that, that, yeah, we have to lock that up soon. The more we talk, honestly, about I it. feel like it should be a part of our regular account because we'll get more traction if we're just posting. This. Oh, absolutely, oh, yeah. That's smart. That's smart. Bruce is Bruce is getting the fit off in this in this scene too, right? That's Bruce in the green like cardigan thing. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah that's that's that's, that. that's that's something you can wear today and that's get away with for shit. sure. Yeah. 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 Dave's got the suspenders and the and the the vertical striped tucked in shirt. That's Dave that's kind of always look. dresses like an old man. He, he, yeah, Dave's yeah. going for something very strange here. I I don't quite understand that one. But this is I now a fashion podcast. I kind of get like a Paul F. Tompkins ish. Yeah, from yeah, him. yeah. Like that he. I think he is the kind of guy that would wear suits. Like right. he would wear suits mm, when he when yeah. he was just hanging like, out. Like oh, in, like a high school suit kid. He did might people, be like a high did school other people suit have kid. That? No, did you? Have yeah, a kid I in had a high school, school suit who kid. really? Yeah, the, yeah, we had a kid that would wear a suit every day. <laughs> Max yeah. Fisher style. We had, we had a guy, yeah. uh, Felson Baynor. I think he would he would frequently wear suits. Hmm. Shout uh, out. Okay, but yeah, yeah this shout was, out, shout, shouts to him. Baynor shout. Uh, so we didn't even talk about it. I mean, this sketch I thought was was fun. It was you know it was <laughs> it was an interesting. I, I thought they played it well, but but yeah, nothing. Well, again, I mean, I don't really even know what the game is exactly. I mean, maybe there isn't one, but I'm trying to latch on to. I think the game is reading reading into thing. what's funny that they're. Just, I think the oh, game okay, is how they screen calls or how they. No, I think how no, I, when so I, people pick up the phone. Sorry, I think the game is reading into this uh, this phone ring and like putting right. all of your fears into what's behind the other the other side of the phone. I will say, just as a concept, too. Um, 
as like a comedic concept, I'm kind of fascinated by how the presentation of the Vietnam veteran, um, because that that I feel was such a an often used trope in comedy and in media in general of the wacky, crazy Vietnam that um, that I think is no longer present. <laughs> for good reason because it's uh very insensitive but it also, well, it's also like, a long time ago <laughs> yeah we <laughs> like got our own point. wars well yeah about. but i mean you, but you could do it with like iraq or afghanistan yeah like, that's true but we don't do that and like it's yeah I don't, it's just an interesting thing i there like in the 90s and early 2000s i feel like i saw so many things like this with kind of like kooky vietnam vet whose ptsd is like hilarious kind of and like <laughs> principal, um, principal skinner from uh, the Simpsons is a big one. Like that was his yeah, yeah, yeah. And like it's yeah, it's just, it's a funny thing that you know, yeah, that kind of was so popular for so long, and then kind of just was like, no, we don't do that anymore. What'd you say, man? I was just gonna say it's a character in Bloom County too. Uh, the comic strip, which maybe oh really? Oh. Know, but... <laughs> oh, I don't know that one. Yeah, that's one of the few comic strips. I think I felt like when I was a kid that this comic strip wasn't made for me, and I just stayed away. I felt it. that way too, but I loved it for some reason. I can't even explain why I loved it so much. It, <laughs> it was, was like... totally like political humor of the politics. I don't even have any awareness. <laughs> it was like Bloom County uh, crankshaft tank McNamara, like all this Dunesbury, the... Dunesbury, yeah, Dunesbury, right. I was just too. I felt like I was too. By the way, McKinney's Vietnam vet character here, when he answers the door or when he knocks at the door, he looks just like uh, the dude from Office Space, the guy who was in Drew Carey's show, and then he played. Mm. Uh, that's not also important. Also, great but... look here too. Right? Yeah, another great, great yeah. fit. Another great fit yeah. from this episode. I love his his beard and, and must or his mustache and, and hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess let's move on nice, to nice necklace there. Good luck. Yeah. Let's move on to the touch ball. Paul Bel- it's it's, it's, it's telling it's, that all our compliments in this episode are nice clothes. <laughs> By the way, how, how did you guys how did you guys feel about how they tied everything together with uh, the the other end of the phone call being the the Sizzler sisters? I think from the because first this episode is so fucking weird, I was like, well, at least there's a uh, something hanging everything together by a very thin thread. I also think it was a fun transition. I don't know. I guess so. Mark McKinney basically jumps through a green screen or blue screen, and then yeah, walks yeah, I, up to this tuxedo. It's just like a very. I don't know that it's funny, but it was like imaginative in a way I enjoyed to see this transition. Yeah, yeah I thought I the laughed. Whole I, I thought that was really was fun. Yeah, and and I liked. I like I said before, I liked that they stuck the phone ringing ominously throughout the episode, and the newscaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, throughout the episode there was a good kind of like uh, back to back to back weird moments of them throwing it in the water and then <laughs> McKinney you know the, 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 we cut to the crazy people and that's the callback and then McKinney busts through the screen and into this like waiting tux that's <laughs> or not into I guess steps behind and just kind of lets yeah. it sit there in front of him <laughs> for a very funny visual throughout this whole thing I mean we could talk about whether we find the touch, what is it? Paul Bellini is that the guy's name? Well, yeah. Let's let's watch oh, it. Paul let's Bellini. watch a little bit real quick. <laughs> yeah. the, uh, Paul Bellini, one of the writers for the show, we talked about him last week. Coincidentally, we talked about this contest last week. But let's let's watch a little bit. Did you know that you've been watching the phone show? That's right, a kids in the hall theme show based loosely around the telephone. So what do you think? <laughs> well, if you did think something, give us a call at the number below, because as incentive, one of the callers will be selected to win at random the Touch Paul Bellini contest. That's right. 
we'll deliver our guy to your home or place of work so that you can touch Bellini. <laughs> um, let me read a little bit from the biography here for some context. So, uh, if the true pepper had a mascot, it was surely the image of Paul Bellini wearing nothing but a white terry cloth towel. <laughs> According to Bellini, the man in the towel came to be after McKinney had been peppering him with questions about the Toronto gay bathhouse scene. Uh, Mark's way of writing, says Bellini, was that you would spend hours talking and eating and doing not everything but writing. I happened to tell Mark that I had just been to a bathhouse on Bay Street called the Romans. He asked me what happens in those places, so I told him that you put all your clothes in a locker, and you walk around in a towel past all these other towel-clad men, waiting for magic to happen. Mark started to laugh hysterically, so I said, what's so funny? He said, the image of you walking down a hallway, wearing a towel, peeking in these rooms, is so funny. Uh, then when, they, when one of the producers suggested they come up with a prize for a viewer's contest... McKinney said that they should send out Bellini in a towel. And the room burst out laughing, says Bellini. Then everyone looked at me, asking me if I'd do it. Now, I'm notoriously shy about my body, but I knew it would make me famous, and maybe that would help me get laid. So that afternoon, Norm went to Withrow Park with me and took pictures of me in a towel. Uh, so, yeah, they eventually do follow up on this. And a fan. I really appreciate his honesty there. there. <laughs> I feel yeah. like I, uh, most of the stuff I do is to get laid. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, honestly, pretty awesome. I, I love... I, I love stuff like that too, like turning like sort of like that type of backstage thing into like, yeah, Paul Bellini in a towel, like appearing throughout the, throughout episodes of this or like whatever. Like um, this one was like, was one where it was like, I didn't need to, like I, I, you could kind of understand that something like that was going on, but you didn't necessarily even need to know the whole story. Um, but yeah, it feels, you know, <laughs> feels good good vibes on that everyone's getting along but you know this guy's having fun good this nick was, i saw you take uh, a screenshot there you're gonna add that to the yes. threads in the hall the yes. bellini in a towel okay that's good this was uh did you, did you was... say that they that they this was part of a contest that that was already kind of set up by the producers or like they no, they needed to figure something out or was their idea the whole contest was their idea the producers were encouraging them to do a, a contest for the viewers and they suggested <laughs> See, I, like i love that just, i love that it, yeah, that's, that's really funny that feels like a very old school kind of like letterman-ish like comedy kind of thing to like i don't know if it was a, like a rebuttal of that ask to like come up with a prize for the contest but I love when like there needs to be a real thing like that, and <laughs> and the solution is okay. Let's have it be touch one of our writers in a towel, and then and the producer would have to be like, well, we did ask for a prize, so let's fucking that's what it is, I guess. And you feel yeah. that it fe it feels like it wouldn't have come off as well if they came up with the entire concept of the of the contest. I feel like it's fun I, that they're circumventing and fucking with the you know the network, I guess. Yeah, fucking with the squares is always good, and I also I yeah, love fuck how the squares. I exactly. It could never be me. Also, um, I love how bad this looks. Like uh, this looks like the um, like the Maury from Goodfellas, like the infomercial that he makes for his yes, wig store. Yes. He looks like uh, that guy. He also looks kind of like that guy too. But like, um, yeah, it's just like the the graininess and everything is just like very good for this one. Also, like on a hill, like outside, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> almost like the uh, like the least likely location to find a man in a towel <laughs> is what yes. I chose. At that scene of the episode, I may uh, I you're so good at asking the question that we ask after we watch the episode. I'm sorry. I think I always interrupt you and I restate what you've already asked. Screwed. But now I have that reputation. So um, no, Dan, you just what we... you say it better. 
<laughs> Thank you, Nick. I think, Dan, what we try to say is we just want to know what Kids in the Hall brought up for you. We're not asking for you to celebrate it or anything, but, like, what did it make you think about the state of comedy then, now, in your own life? Hmm. Um, it, it was, I, I get. I mean, honestly, a lot of it was, like, thinking about past versions of myself and, and like, sort of the the like comedy studiousness that like I used to have kind of like we talked about, like it was very it like just the feeling of watching something that was funny in 1990 and trying to reverse engineer that into my brain in 2022 was like an interesting thing that I haven't done in a while. Um, and so like, and, and I, I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an odd experience to do that, where you're sort of just like trying to, um, you know, account for all the things that don't work, and you're you know sort of course correct. Like it feels it feels kind of like, uh, you know, like flying a plane. What I imagine flying a plane on autopilot might feel like, or whatever. Um, and then also, like I guess, um, just sort of as far as like, you know, like the actual content of the episode and everything, I think it, I think it, 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 a lot of it to me got to the thing of like how important it is to know that the people making a thing are having fun and like how, how much that matters. Like, I think like even like just what we were talking about with like the touch Bellini thing, like just feels so you know, kind of joyful in a way. And like, you can yeah. tell that everyone's all pulling in the same direction and that they like doing this and stuff. And like, I think that like, um, that is a thing that when it's missing, like you can always tell kind of, especially now, I think, cause like, it's hard to look back at 1990 and know how people were feeling or whatever. Cause it's such a different world. But like, I think like, when you when you see stuff now and it's it feels joyless or whatever or in any contemporary time like it it's just sort of like oh yeah that sucks like you know you can just tell it's missing that sort of like ghost in the machine so yeah no that's my spiel well said thank you (laughs) well jared do you want to sing your song oh sure i'd be happy to nick um Sketch of the app, it's the sketch of the app. <laughs> Come on down, it's the sketch of the app. <laughs> I think my sketch of the app, wow, for me it would either be Tony and Nick, the two guys on the subway. Oh, oh, or, Nick, wow. I was going to say Tony the, and Nick the, or the, the Touch d- Bob The dramatic contest. scene? Okay. But then I thought, oh, a little something. I mean, I definitely have a lot of, ooh. Well, you know, looking back on it, I'm thinking a lot of these pieces I really liked. So someone else go. <laughs> Jared, what was your favorite sketch? Well, what was my favorite sketch? I mean, part of me wants to give it to Touch Paul Bellini, but I, I have trouble kind of counting that as a sketch. I mean, I, I assume it comes back. I assume it, right? I mean, well, I they actually they follow it. they follow up on it, and uh, <laughs> right, the fan a fan does meet does get to touch Paul Bellini. Yeah, I mean, and I'm sure I would like that, and I would like that when it's all put together. I mean, so I, I guess I would default to that because I, I do love that idea and I do love the execution of it. But in terms of a sketch that's in and of itself from this episode, I would probably go with the, uh, you know, food and the mustache. I mean, not the most, as May was alluding to, not the most original concept. I, I feel like it must have been done before, even though this was done a long time ago. Um, 
but certain lines made me laugh. Um, I like when he's kind of like feeling around his legs and he goes, Don, it's above your waist. It's above your waist. (laughs) And there's a bunch of funny parts in that. And I feel like it was a really dumb, simple bit, but it was elevated. It kind of saddens me to hear that they were crying throughout the production of it. But it, it, because I do feel that the performance elevated that sketch. So, um, I, I, I like watching it. I, I would pick that one as my favorite. How about you, May? I guess the train one. I mean, it wasn't really a sketch, but I thought it was the most interesting thing to watch. Unbelievable, the train that you both like. Wow. Well, I think we have to like uh, we have to broaden our idea of what a sketch is. You know, I mean, this is that's true. It's just it's, I think even Taj Pabellini yes. contest counts as a sketch, in my opinion. It's you know, it's just presenting a comedic idea to, to me. So I. Yeah. What about you, Dan? I'm still I'm still undecided. Um, I think um, I I would also probably go with the food and the mustache one. You know, a classic, but a classic done well. Um, you know, I I I, I think uh, you know I thought I thought the performances were pretty fun in that. Love the graph. The graph is my favorite. Right. Um, love a bad graph. Um, I also did. Uh, to, to, to be fair, though, I also did kind of enjoy the cigarette one for the similar reasons. Like, I thought the performances were actually pretty fun. Um, and, like, the... Um, yeah, I mean, I do I do always like seeing a thing where it's just like, yeah, it's just about a dynamic between two people. So um, that also worked for me. But I, I would say mustache. Food in the mustache carries the day. Okay, and I've decided I'm going with Touch Paul Bellini contest because... I thought it was such a fun, unique idea, and I and I'm gonna count the way, I like the way that uh, Mark McKinney introduced the piece by breaking through the green screen and standing in front of the uh, the tuxedo. You, you, yeah, you touched on something there, Jared. You said it's Letterman esque, and I I agree. This reminds me of yeah. early '80s Letterman, just that kind of uh, uh, pretending like it's almost like you're pretending like you're a real show. Uh, okay, well, uh, speaking of pretending like a real show let's pretend like the show is over because it is and thank you for joining us <laughs> another masterful transition from yes Grimira. yes thank you so King of thank you so much for having me guys i, I had a lot of fun check of out course, the trough man. is there like a place yes, to check but, it out yes uh so we have an instagram uh we have a twitter we also have it's it's the trough it's on twitch.tv backslash comedy underscore commons and i'm gonna interrupt nice you long there. name for you to remember Amazing. um but not yeah, a backslash channel a lot of people think that's a backslash that's a forward slash oh it's a URL. forward slash you're right you're right i should know that you're right um but uh yeah that's that's uh that's where that's where we live and uh yeah come hang out watch the vods too the vod the video on demand which is the recorded show afterwards we also post those to youtube so check them out Okay, right. thanks for listening and Thank keep you. crushing those heads. Mm-hmm.